0: Chris Wendelkin, and this is On The Line, my podcast where I talk all things NBA. We do some NBA-related deep dives, drafts. We talk, uh, you know, news from around the league. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at line underscore pod. I'm on Instagram. You can send me any of your NBA questions, whether it's about, uh, you know, your real-life team, fantasy team, to onthelinepod at gmail.com. Last, if you could please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes, wherever you get podcasts. Thank you guys so much to those who have already done it. I I really, really appreciate it. Keep it up. All right, welcome back. What an incredible first week, week and a half of the NBA season. It's been so many fun stories to to go around the league and talk about, um, you know, between the Denver Nuggets and, and Jokic playing out of his mind the Warriors look invincible as always Anthony Davis emerging he's our early season MVP we think yes uh, the Houston Rockets they stink Oklahoma City Thunder they're 0-4 at the moment over in the East Kawhi playing out of his mind looks like this seamless fit in Toronto the Bucks, Giannis and the Bucks with Budenholzer they look incredible um, you know the, the Sixers kind of scuffling early. We're waiting to see if they can figure some things out. So many so many fun stories to talk about. So uh, let's just hop into it on the pod today. I have two of my good buddies, uh, Jeremy Engel Johnson and Ryder Schumacher. We're going to go around the league, talk about some early season storylines, some fun trends. Uh, try to figure out what's real, what's not real, what's true, what's false. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. This is my conversation with Jeremy Engel Johnson and writers shoot not work. So, guys, week one of the NBA season is in the books, and we're learning some things, um, which I want to discuss with you on the pod, but, you know, it's week one, and you sort of, like, get all this information, and, you know, it's funny reading these, like, hot takes on the internet. Everyone's got, like, a different spin. So I thought it'd be fun to do a little early season overreaction podcast with you guys. What's kind oh, of... Yeah true and false and real and not real what are the signals and what's the noise yeah 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 so I would say um well today this morning we have breaking news Ty Lue coach of the uh Cleveland Cavaliers is out of a job he's been fired six games into the season the Cavs are 0-6 they are one of the worst defensive teams in the league Ty Lue is out yeah, so stepping in is going to be Larry Drew. He'll be the interim coach of the Cavs. Who, who is that? Larry Drew. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> question. Do we know who is Larry Drew? That's though? a great question. Larry Drew, I believe, once coached the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, he was on the staff for the Cavs. Yeah, all I know about Larry Drew is he once coached the Milwaukee Bucks. I think he also once coached the Atlanta Hawks, maybe. But, you know, he's like a career, uh... Career interim coach. Career interim career, guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the Ed Ogeron of <laughs> NBA basketball. So we are we are six games into the season. The Cavs are without a coach. My question for you guys is, who's the next coach to go and at what game number? We're at game number six. Is there a coach that you have your eye on that could potentially get next? To To refresh your memories here, uh, the Cavs are 0-6 The Knicks are 1-5 I'm trying to think of like The worst teams in the league The Knicks are 1-5 right. But it doesn't seem like They're gonna yeah, Fisdale's those. not going anywhere Right I got a candidate How about Scotty Brooks In Washington the, the Wizards are 1-4 They've been sort of disappointing Is there How did they do last year the Wiz, yeah. they made the eighth seed, but they definitely sort of underperformed. Right. Or what about OKC? Billy Donovan, the 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 the, uh, the Thunder are 0-4. Is there a potential Right, there? I was going to
1: say. Yeah. And I mean, that start, I think no one really thought it would be that bad. Uh, and sure. also, Russell's also not looking the way that he has. I mean, if things don't change there, I would say he would be an obvious candidate.
0: What but- about Coach Thibodeau in Minnesota? So they just seem like a fucking flaming pile of trash. That organization mm-hmm. as a whole, and and the T wolves are two and four. They're off to a lackluster start. Well,
2: I, I guess I gotta ask: Are we overreacting a little bit here? I
0: mean, how yeah. often does a coach get hired or get fired six games into the season? So that's a great question. Is this do we feel like this is a aberration, or is this something like can we expect more heads to roll here?
1: I would lean more t- towards aberration. Aberration. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, why? I, I guess I, I, I do feel it's too early. I mean, if a team like the Thunder, if they don't get a, a few games, I mean, if they end up doing that for another go, I mean, if they go maybe, uh, you know, a one in 10 or something uh-huh. like that, it's going to be, they'll definitely be a hot seat, I feel. Sure. At that point. But at this point, no, maybe not anytime soon.
0: So, Ryder, you're putting yeah. your, like, gun to your head. Yeah. You're saying Billy Donovan is out. In 10 more games. That's <laughs> yeah, what you just said, yes, right? That's I, what you just said. I mean, oh.
1: all
0: right, fair enough. Um, okay, so, well, apparently, I mean, there are futures markets for these
2: sorts of things. Oh, of course. And uh, <laughs> the person leading the list is, surprise, surprise. LeBron's new coach, Luke Walton.
0: Oh, that makes total sense. Because we know what LeBron likes to do to coaches when things aren't going all right. Right. So we'll have a larger discussion about the Lakers and LeBron over the course of the podcast here. But while we're on the subject of coaches and coaches losing their jobs, how, you know, how hot, cold, or lukewarm do we feel the, the, the seat for Luke Walton is right now? I feel like he's in okay standing. I think there's like a lot of uh, moving parts with that team. They're yeah. going to give him some
1: leeway, right? I was going to say I don't know if it would be fair to not at least give him some leeway off the start. Maybe get sure. through most of or a good portion of the season.
0: Sure, that would be the fair thing.
1: Yes, of but course that is not. But you
0: know, I don't know. But this is the NBA. Who is all. making this decision for the Lakers? Is it's, this Magic or I think it's Magic and Genie Buss, right? Um, and they do, and, and Palenka, Rob Palenka, their right. GM, they do seem to be in lockstep, they seem to be in agreement on this stuff, and they do seem somewhat level-headed. I don't think they're going to rush to any sort of judgment with Luke Walton, and I think the team is starting to figure some stuff out. But I would say, wow, that's interesting. So the futures market has Luke Walton pegged as the most likely guy to get Axe next, huh? Yeah. Interesting. I'm keeping my eye on Billy Donovan, and I'm keeping my eye on Scotty Brooks. The next thing I want to ask you guys, early season overreaction. The Houston Rockets this week, a story comes out that the Houston Rockets have offered four first rounders for Jimmy Butler. Guys, four first round picks for Jimmy Butler. Have we lost our collective minds have we not learned that this ne- this usually does not work out well yeah i right? mean
2: i i my read on this is is that i don't even know if this is real right I mean, this is this is almost like one of trump's tweets <laughs> like it's just <laughs> kind of sent to calibrate a certain response <laughs> totally <laughs> i don't actually believe that that deal is on the table or that anyone is yeah. going to do that to it's do it just like you know, is anyone paying attention down in Houston or uh, right. four picks? Oh,
0: well, maybe that's too much. <laughs> that's an interesting thought. You wonder, like, is it possible that they're, like, is ESPN and, like, the Rockets or, like, the T-Wolves, are they all in bed together and they're like, eh, it's kind of boring, it's Tuesday. Why don't we just float a story Before here that, like, <laughs> right. well, we're, we're putting four picks on the table for Jimmy Butler. That'd be yeah. fun.
2: Well, and the thing I don't even understand about it is does anyone actually think that, the Rockets are one player away. Like, totally. Like maybe if you go back to whatever that was, like Game Five of the uh, the Western Finals last year, like right before Chris Paul hurts himself. Yeah. You're like, wow, these guys might actually win. Right. And right, if right. you said well, we're gonna add Jimmy Butler, and and <clears throat> that's gonna push us over the top. Maybe you would believe that if you had been cryogenically frozen kind of <laughs> at that moment. Um, but I don't see how anything that's happened between their off season and their their mediocre start and the fact that they can't shoot three-pointers anymore,
0: which is kind of a problem for them. Um, I don't see how this is going to work out. But. Yeah, it almost makes me think that... It makes me think it's a bullshit offer, A. And B, it makes me think that... I, I If Woj said it happened, I tend to believe like some semblance of an offer was made that way. But like... I would guess that Houston did that offer to try to drum up the asking price from, like, Miami. So, like, the the Miami Heat have been the other, like, much-rumored team chasing Jimmy Butler. It makes me think that, like... You know, Daryl Morey is like, let's get Pat Riley to pay through the nose for this guy. We're not, we're going to make sure if he's going to Miami, he's not getting him for right. for free, you know? Yeah. You know, and
2: this, I'm I, sorry for the tangent, but no, this no, kind yeah. of begs a, a bigger question, I think, and I'm curious what you guys think about this, but it's like clearly we're in Warriors' heyday right now. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got, you know, Clay's a free agent at the end of this year, and then they don't have anybody. Of their core, other than Steph, who's a free agent beyond the end of next year. Yeah. So the window. I mean, I don't think anyone. You know, it looks great right now. Steph's scoring fifty-one points, and you know, okay, yeah. all is well in 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 uh, you know Golden State. But do w- what? Should other teams be angling for if if this season's out of reach? Yeah. You know, what is the window? And you know, I was looking at the player ages, and um, you know, Butler is. Yeah, he's he's not. Um, he's not an old man, but he's not a young man either. No. What I mean, is he Twenty nine? He's, he's twenty nine, yeah. Harden is twenty nine, Chris Paul is thirty-three. Right. Like and you you compare that to the Warriors, you know, Curry is thirty, Durant right. is thirty, Draymond right. is twenty-eight, Clay is twenty eight and a free agent, Iguodala is thirty-four. Yeah. So like both those teams windows are not actually that wide open. Right. And so why would you mortgage four players
0: for Jimmy Butler? And here's the other situation with Butler is you're not just trading for Jimmy Butler, you're trading for Jimmy Butler and like the you're basically required to sign him to an extension. Right. He's a he's a year away from walking in free agency and the whole reason that he's demanding a trade now from Minnesota is because He's not. He he wants an extension from them, and he doesn't want just any old extension. He wants like a max max extension. So uh, Minnesota in the summer, I think in July of the summer, they offered him like a five year, hundred and ten million dollar extension, which he turned down because he wants like five years, one eighty nine or one ninety. So it's like you're not just trading for Jimmy Butler. You're tra- you're trading for Jimmy Butler with like a <laughs> with an anchor around your organizational neck. Yes, yeah, so you know, nice like you're commitment. you're gonna have to sign him to five more years he's 29 he's gonna you know he's his body's gonna start breaking down he's not getting healthier you know he's just like n- father time is undefeated so i i agree with you it's like the window for that team is closing um and it would not it would seem um not wise to double down on 30 year old you know aging stars. Well, especially
2: if you've got Harden as kind of the the center of your offense, which means Jimmy Butler is just going to be, you know, catch and shoot guy. Um, I mean, what are they doing on offense that really, like, why do they need him?
0: Yeah, 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 totally. So um, we're thinking maybe four first round picks is a bogus offer. And A, and B, if it is a real offer, it's totally... That shit and crazy, right? Totally desperate. Yeah. I mean, is it possible that Daryl Morey is like, uh, mortgaging his entire future and is like, look, I have two years to get this done. And if we don't get it done, then it, I'm a failure and I'll be fired anyway. So like someone else can clean it. He's just
1: sending it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm very curious. I'm watching it. Um, all right. My next early thought, Nikola Jokic, the center for the Denver Nuggets. Um, this guy is currently averaging 23 points, 10 rebounds, six assists, a steal, a block. The Nuggets are what are they? Four and one, five and one at this point. In this early in the season is Nikola Jokic potentially the best all-around center in the NBA. Guys, what do we think?
1: <laughs> I think he's up there. He's definitely up there. Feels uh, like an overreaction. if you It's d- d- definitely an overreaction. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, d- I mean, yeah. I would say, and I'm mean, going to say an obvious overreaction, but an overreaction. I think you put Giannis in there.
0: Well, Giannis I, is not a center. I know, but right? I, I guess it
1: depends on how you look at it. I, I guess know. he is. A, I guess he is not a center. Um, I would even still put um, Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Above I mean, him. can
2: I choose AD as my center?
1: Yes. Yes. I think yes. if if I'm yes. picking
2: my uh, my gym team, yes. and You know, I, got, you know, I got the first pick I'm taking.
1: absolutely maybe davis (laughs) yeah yeah i I do like i do like um yeah i mean i like yeah i like his all around game more.
0: yeah jokic is i mean he's playing great early i mean the thing about him is like well first of all he's one of the most fun players in the nba because he doesn't look like an athlete like he looks like (laughs) he looks like a dad like he has like dad bod he has like like hardcore dad bod but um, he's an incredible passer, which we've all know, which we've always known about. But the thing that's fun about him this season is he's really becoming more assertive offensively. He's looking for a shot. And the guy's efficiency is like off the charts um, for this season. Let me pull it up. Yeah, he's shooting nearly 60% from the field. Yeah, that's crazy. 40% from three, 85% from the uh, free throw line. Uh, I mean, I have a hard time believing he's going to shoot 60% from the field all year. But uh, he's off to a great start. He's a lot of fun. He's totally out of shape. The nuggets are good. Uh, I don't know We're keeping an yeah. eye on You know him. one One
2: funny thing That came out of The early season So far is He yeah. claimed that uh, that Shaquille O'Neal Could not actually Guard him <laughs>
0: Right right and, Yeah
2: And you know One fun question That I've had You know
0: in, in terms of And it's always great When we're comparing Players across decades Shaq was on uh, TNT The other night At halftime And they were like oh, you know and, and they were Interviewing Jokic And he was like You could not guard me You could not guard me And Shaq's like He's barbecue chicken I eat him like barbecue chicken <laughs> yeah,
2: and, and I don't think Shaq really cares But I- if we were to actually stage that competition one fun question i have is in which year and in which year's rules are being played wow are we playing in 2018 with the free movement rules or are we uh, playing like say 1993 the year after shaq was drafted free hand check rules right Um, i'm pretty sure shaq would eat this guy alive in both situations it just he would probably have
0: more condiments to put on top back (laughs) in 93 yeah it's interesting to think about shaq playing today like if Shaq were playing today well first of all Shaq was came into the league probably when he was 19 or 20 years old right at a 92 right uh, sophomore would he be shooting threes like like would Shaquille O'Neal would 19 20 year old Shaquille O'Neal in 2018 be like stretched out to the three-point line like (laughs) I mean I think our closest comparison is probably Embiid like in terms of like physical specimens is like just like a guy who's a hulking massive dude in the, in the paint is probably Embiid and Embiid today, you know, like he, he's parked outside on the three point light. He plays a lot inside, but they have him shooting threes. It's crazy to think that, you know, modern day Shaquille O'Neal would probably have to shoot something. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, he totally be putting it up Andre Drummond was shooting threes the other night. (laughs) I was like, what is this (laughs) absurdity? Um, The Celtics. So a lot of buzz about the Celtics coming into the season. They are currently four and two. They're, you know, they're riding the ship. They had some early struggles, a couple of early losses. I think they lost one game to Orlando this past week. Are we worried about the Celtics? Are Are they a 500 team or are they still the class of the East like we assume they were coming into the season?
2: Yeah, I mean, so uh, you know, we were going through the um, you know, the ages of the, the players in yeah. today's superstars. Yeah. And for the Celtics, Jalen Brown is twenty two, yeah. Jason Tatum is twenty, Kyrie is twenty six, and he may or may not re sign. But okay, yeah. so your three best players are all younger than all these other guys we talked yeah. about. I think they're probably going to be okay. I mean, yeah. even if it's not this year, it's not this year, right? It's Golden State's year, one more year. <laughs> yeah. But this is a team that's still on the rise. They don't need to be in a hurry. God. Um, you know, the Gordon Hayward thing, it's like, that guy's just gravy. Everybody just thinks, <laughs> like, they should just trade that guy for, you know, whoever. What a wealth of riches. Yeah. I. I and they're four and two
1: like exactly it's not like they're doing that poorly here it's called an
0: overreaction pod for a reason yes
1: the overreaction pod but i was gonna say i mean i think they're cut out to make a run this year but if it doesn't happen i know fans would rather see them take it all let's run through the
0: roster so aaron baines jabari bird jalen brown pj dozier gordon hayward al horford Kyrie irving some dude named walter lemon what marcus morris semi ogilay terry rogier marcus smart Daniel Theus, Jason Tatum, uh, Robert Williams III, and Gershon Yabaselli. Did, Ryder, didn't that guy play for the, the Red Claws? I don't recall that name, but I went. I think it. he I was a doubt. Red sure Claw man. Been. I think he played for the main Red Claws. Um, yeah, <laughs> sounds so like he
1: can endure the colds. I but. am not. Yeah,
0: exactly. I am not worried about the Celtics. I will. Uh, I will say that with confidence. I am. I am buying Celtic stock. If anyone early in the season is overreacting to the Celtics being 4-2 and two, as opposed to 6-0, I will happily buy up your, your Celtic stock. All right, next question for you guys. The Rockets, the Houston Rockets, do they stink? Do the Houston Rockets stink? They are currently in the cellar of the Western Conference at 1-4. and four. Are we worried? Chris Paul got into a now infamous fistfight with Rajon Rondo of the Lakers, um, James Harden had a hamstring injury. He's been sort of l- gimping around a little limpy. Are we worried ar- about the Rockets? There's talk that they might try to acquire Jimmy Butler. Thoughts, feelings about the Houston Rockets?
1: I wouldn't say I'm totally worried. I think, obviously, um, you know, it's early, and yeah. uh, I would give them until January, really, until I like yeah. really start worrying. But uh, I do think they have an issue with not having much game unless CP and, uh, and Harden are there. For sure. Um, that's my biggest worry. I'm not, I mean, I think they're going to get it together, but
0: I don't know, man, it does feel like the bloom is maybe off the rose a little bit with these guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't feel it like last year, obviously.
0: Exactly. I think last year, I think here's probably where expectations need to be calibrated. Um, I think people like you know Talking Heads or whatever coming media people came into this season and just assumed that they were going to replicate the success that they had last year. Last year they were historically good. They want like they were upper sixties in terms of the win total, right? right? Um, I don't think it's going to be quite so simple again this year. I think the West is even better. Obviously LeBron is now in the West. Um, there's just more competition. People know what is coming from the Rockets. They know what their scheme is like. They're you know, there's no secrets anymore with the Rockets. Right.
2: Um, and everybody is now playing this way too. Right. I mean, we. I know we'll get to talking about yeah. Milwaukee a little bit more, yeah. but it's. I mean, the the math is so well understood at this point that you know a right. You know, a three is worth more than a two. I mean, duh. Yeah. But um, there's. It's not as novel anymore as when they were innovating in the, in the D League and bringing it to the NBA team. Right. And now everyone's doing this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's not a secret. Yeah, are we uh are, are we are we still thinking that they're a playoff team? I th- I think they're a playoff team, but I probably think they're not going to be a 1
1: or a 2 seed. No, I don't either. though. I believe they're a playoff team lower seed, maybe 6 or
0: Seven. Wow, six or seven. Yeah. That's that, so that would be At a, this, yeah. that yeah. would be a serious under for their projection. They would, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. great. But, but I think last year the difference between a three
2: seed and you know the seven and eight seed was just a couple games. I yeah. mean, and that's another thing. And I, I know we were talking a little bit about Denver and getting excited about them. Yeah. And it's easy to say, oh, they're a top three team in the West right now when the Rockets aren't there, OKC's not there, right. the Lakers are still kind of figuring, uh, out. figuring things out. So, I mean, in a lot of senses... The enthusiasm that people are feeling about the rock or the you know Denver is, uh, I think it's questionable
0: because traditional powers are are haven't quite stepped up yet. Yeah, and it's a week into the season. Yeah, it's well, a week into the season. Too. It's like I'm pretty sure Russell Westbrook, who plays for Oklahoma City, is going to figure it out. Like OKC is going to rip a bunch of games off here at some point. So you know, there's always going to be a regression to the mean. Um, all right, guys, I want to do a couple things here. So I want to talk about some interesting teams around the league. Um, talk about their early starts and then some interesting players that are off to hot starts. Um, and if there's any teams or players that you guys want to talk about, feel free to chime in. So here we go. Let's start with some of the teams. So for me, you know, one of the most interesting teams from the uh, from the first week of the season here has been the Raptors. I don't know about you guys, but I am fascinated with the Raptors. They trade for Kawhi Leonard during the offseason and Kawhi looks healthy and engaged and the Raps Look for real, like for real level dangerous. They look like an elite defensive team. Um, I mean, this might be the deepest, most versatile modern NBA roster that we have between O.G. Ananobi, Lorenzo Brown, Danny Green, Serge Ibaka, Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, Jordan Lloyd, C.J. Miles, Greg Monroe, Norman Powell, Malachi Richardson, Pascal Siakam, Jonas Valanciunas, Fred Van Vliet, DeLon Wright. It's like they go 11, 12 players deep. All these guys can play. Um, thoughts on uh, the Raptors early on? I mean, they're 6-0, they're and, oh, and it's the franchise's
2: best start ever. Uh, and uh, I think uh, Kyle Lowry has been like... The second best offensive player in the league so far, really? uh, just in terms of a player rating, uh, and like you said, the defense is pretty off the charts. So it's, I mean, it's kind of everything you would have hoped for if, if you know, you, you had drawn up a wish list as far as what does Kawhi's first week look like. It kind of looks like this. Yeah. Uh, so, and you know, if there was any question about him coming off of his Spurs season and and being pretty lackadaisical and checking himself out for most
0: of the season, he he seems to be well rested and ready to go. Um, I mean, they're one of the top offenses. I think they're the second overall offense in the Eastern Conference, and they are one. Yeah, they're a top five defense in the East as well. Um, they look like the class of the conference uh, thus far.
1: Yeah, no, I was going to agree, and I was, I was just going to say they're probably out of most of the games I've seen of teams in the East. I think they're one of the most exciting to watch. Um, yeah, Kwai, Yeah, I mean, why is just great to watch. Um, why? Why is he so fun? I don't know. I don't. I, just, I just guess it's just his all around game, but. Um, I don't know. It's
0: also like he plays defense like an offensive player. You know what I mean? Like it, it almost like you could almost be mistaken to think like the point of the game is to like steal the ball. It's like that. Right, like yeah. he just has these enormous hands. Did you see that play this week where he on help defense he got beat? Someone was making a back cut towards the basket, and he literally just like dove behind himself and like snagged a pass. He was right, just like I know it goes all out, free like lays safety. out for it. Yeah, yeah, it was just crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, I love the wraps. I'm a huge fan. They have Nick Nurse at uh, coaching the team now, and they just they look great. Jeremy, a team you mentioned before is the Milwaukee Bucks. Coach Bud, Coach Budenholzer comes in. He opens up the offense, and Milwaukee and the Bucks—they they're flying around the court. Um, they are. They. Do you guys think this team could potentially be a top two, three, four seed in the in the Eastern Conference through six games? They're a top five offense and a top five defense, scoring 119 points. And only allowing 103 points per game.
1: Yeah, at this rate, I guess them being a three or four seed, definitely. Um, yeah. And they are, they're it's really flying. I mean, yeah. they're like, they look like they're the fastest team out there.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and they've bought into um, Buttonholder's system as well. I mean, yeah. so there was a spell when they played the Knicks earlier in the week, and the yeah. Knicks went eight for eight on mid range jump shot, shots. And uh, Giannis was asked afterwards, it's like, as if this was going to be something they felt really bad about, you know, they won the game. (laughs) Right. Um, But you know what, what he thought about allowing them to, to go eight for eight. And he was like, well, you know, threes are worth more than twos and we're focusing on that. And we will let you shoot, you know, mid range jump shots, you know, all day long if you want.
0: And uh, it seems to be working. The recipe is there. So Giannis is incredible guys. I mean, they call him the Greek freak for a reason. He's currently averaging 25 points, 14 rebounds, (laughs) 5 assists, almost 2 blocks and a steal. And he's doing that and he's 1 for 16 from 3 on the year. Like if he ever if he ever develops an outside shot, game set match, it's over. Like the rest of the league can just go home. Yeah, if he ever develops an outside shot because what he's doing right now, he's dominating and his game is just running at the rim. You know, like he is he's a dynamic downhill player but he if he ever develops an outside shot it's it would be over but thankfully his teammates are shooting 44 percent from three yeah not needed yeah <laughs> he has a great supporting cast uh between ursan Ilyasova and dante Divincenzo. these guys are shooting 44 percent from three but uh i love the bucks it's so fun to see them run up and down the floor
2: and and they seem to have bought into the buttonholzer system yeah. really fast which is a little scary because i mean what we're six games in and they're drinking the Kool-Aid. And I mean, we, we've known from his last stop in Atlanta that, you know, given the right array of talent, and he's arguably got a lot more here, he can really put something together. So it's, I, I mean, as far as like the the mix of of kind of coach and talent kind of yeah. peaking early, I, I can't think of a it better example good. in the NBA right now.
0: You know, the, I read a piece by Kevin O'Connor uh, last week that was like, is it <laughs> is it possible that what Steve Kerr was for the Warriors, Mike Budenholzer could be for the Bucks. Like, you know, if, 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 if Mark Jackson was to uh, Jason Kidd, what Steve Kerr could be to Budenholzer, I'd be like, oh, geez, that, this could be a real recipe for a disaster that, for the rest uh, of the yeah, NBA. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think somebody's been drinking a little too much Schlitz. A little, a little too much Kool-Aid there, yeah. All right, other teams around the NBA, fun, interesting stories. Um, what about the Philadelphia 76ers? So this, this team's looked a little sluggish to me. I don't know how much of the Sixers that you guys, how much you've watched, but they're three and three. Are we worried about them? They look like they can't shoot. Markel Fultz, their last year's number one overall pick, looks timid as hell. He still looks like he, I mean, he, I mean, I'm rooting for the guy, but I mean, the other night at the Wells Fargo Center in, in Philly, like. The fans were, every time he touched the ball, they're like chanting his name and they're just screaming like, shoot! And, you know, they're they're treating him like he's a walk-on, like a college walk-on, not like he was the number one overall pick. Um, I got to admit, I'm a little worried about this team. I love the Sixers, but Ben Simmons still can't shoot from outside. Their strategy seems to be dump the ball into Embiid in the post and let him just kind of pound and, and plod. And everyone else is just kind of standing around. Um, are we worried about the Philadelphia Sixers six games into the season?
2: I'm a little worried, and I guess I have a follow-up question, which yeah. is, do we feel like they need Markel Fultz to put it together for their season to be a success? Like, is this a science experiment that they can afford to be taking? Yeah, I, I mean, it's early, so yeah. I think they can for now, yeah. but how far do you push
0: this before you're like, well, this, this kid doesn't have game? I have, I have a question for your question. A, I think that do they to answer your question, do they need Markel Fultz to be successful this year in order for it to have team success? Yes, my question in response is, is that fair? Like should should the Philadelphia Sixers be depending on a guy that basically had the Yips last year? Like should yeah, the team be not. sinking or swimming? A team with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Joel, uh, ben Simmons, who I believe is due for a contract extension in a year. Like he, That's what I
1: thought it was, yeah. He's going to need to be
0: signed to a long-term con- uh, contract, feel good about being there in the future. Should they be sinking or swimming on Markel Fultz's like, confidence? And I don't know. Do you guys think the Sixers need to be- begin thinking about trying to ship Fultz out of town to try to shore up a more sure thing, like a sure core around uh, Simmons and Embiid. Uh, and
1: I would say you would still stay the course
0: for... You would stay the course. i would stay the
1: course. And I, again, I, I sort of put the same boat as the Rockets. I mean, I'd give them till January okay. to kind of
0: figure that out. Okay. But uh, again, I don't know if the shooting is just going to magically appear. I mean... I have, I have a question for you guys. What is it even fair to... I mean, granted, we're basing this off a week into the season, but let's say like Fultz continues to improve, and let's say it's it's January. What can the what can the Sixers reasonably expect? Elton Brand, the general manager of the Sixers, what can they reasonably expect to acquire <laughs> yeah, for Markel much. Fultz? Like what? Like if you're receiving Markel Fultz, first of all, what t- what type of team would want a project like
2: that? Well, they kept him out of trade discussions this summer, right? right? I mean, they were very protective of him. Right. So they they clearly... Believed. Y- you can't, you know, six games into the season say, we've completely changed our assessment of this player. Right. So they must believe in him. And... I- I have to think of other teams. Were asking that they believe in him too, right? And you know, we've seen plenty of players who ended up, you know, the, the Sixers. If anyone have been patient with players, it's like, oh, you need a you need a year off to recover from your, your you know, your crazy experimental <laughs> yeah. knee treatment. You Why don't you
0: break your foot? Yeah, just, just break it. Just
2: roll with it. We'll you know, break
0: we'll, it for you. We'll be
2: ready to yeah. you know embrace you when you come back. So, I mean, they've been patient. If anybody's been patient, yeah. But what's the kid's street street value? What's his trade value? I don't I don't know.
0: Yeah, the thing with him is just like his stock is so watered down at this point. It's like what, like you can't, you can't sell on a stock that that is that watered down. Like you, you, you've put so much sweat equity into trying to rehab his his game. You just have to see it through at this point. But to answer your question, Jeremy, like yeah, I think they really are banking on Fultz's development in order to you know they're they're counting on him being good this year and. Uh, I'm not sure that that's necessarily a good idea, whether it's fair or not, but it's definitely what they're doing. But on, on, on a larger note with the Sixers, I'm still a little concerned about the team as a whole. Markel aside, I'm, I'm concerned that the team, you know, like when I watch, when I watch the Sixers, it seems their offense is very much like toss the ball into Embiid in the post and everyone just kind of stands around and watches them. And unlike these other centers, you know, around the NBA, whether it's Jokic, whether it's Anthony Davis, those guys kick the ball out, you know, and, and, and with, with the Sixers right now, it's a lot of like stand around with their hands on their knees and watch. And I just don't think they have enough outside shooting. I mean, Simmons can't shoot from three. I mean, J.J. Redick is great, but J.J. Redick might be the third most important player on the team at this point, and really, he should be a six-man. Yeah, man. you don't want that. Yeah, no, he's supposed to be a six-man, right? So I'm concerned about the Sixers. I want to see them get more shooting, wait-and-see approach. I still think they're a playoff team, but um, I don't know. They're going to need to see some improvement out of uh, out of Fulton Simmons to uh, really take off. How are you guys feeling about the Pelicans? Through five or six games, these you know the Pels are the best offense in the NBA, and they have just about the worst defense in the NBA. Thoughts about the early goings for New Orleans? They finally lost for the first time uh,
2: here. That's right. You know, yesterday, or the day before, mm-hmm. and um, we see now what the recipe for beating the Pelicans is: is yeah. you want to catch them on a day when Anthony Davis is not playing. <laughs>
0: um, Funny how that works. Yeah. 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 So
2: I, I mean, it is kind of a fascinating statistical anomaly. You know, best offense, worst defense. Uh, but when you got that big guy like driving in two steps from the three-point line uh he's like learned all these crazy drive moves I, it's like how do you even stop this guy like i i don't see how
0: he's not going to be the mvp he looks incredible if if he keeps doing this he looks incredible yeah i mean um you know the thing is also the pelicans they're they're just flying around the court they're scoring about 124 points a game they're allowing 119 they're scoring 124 so that's the recipe for their success we all know about anthony davis's you know superhuman talents but it's really the guys around him that are incredible i mean davis is 27 points 13 rebounds almost five assists and four blocks a game but uh, the guys around him it's you know nikola mirotic is now balling out of his mind he has he's going for 23 and nine through the first week of the season again six game sample Let's not overreact too much. But it's like, you know, if if Nikola Mirotic is going to be, tw- you know, 20-something points and eight or nine rebounds out of uh, the power forward position, power forward, small forward position, like, that's great. Julius Randle's coming off the bench. He's playing 20 minutes a night, going for 16 and 7 um he's arguably a better fit on this team than boogie cousins was last year he's smaller he's a little bit more versatile and then they just have these role players around him etuan moore's look great he's carving out a role alfred payton drew holiday they're playing together really well so the pelicans are fun i think anthony davis is our early early season mvp is that am i overreacting in saying that i mean i I was gonna
1: say that in uh
0: yeah him and Giannis, right yeah i i mean both of
2: those guys and and also just to put their scoring in perspective i mean 124 so typically like when the winning team scores more than 120 that's a pretty big offensive explosion right yeah. and we know that scoring's up in the league this year so a third of the games this year the top score has exceeded 120 so the fact they're they're averaging 124 wait a third of a third of the games this year uh-huh. uh somebody exceeded 120 Jeez. this is this is more than twice as many games at this point in the season where that's happened as
0: opposed to last year. All right. So do we have, can we just think out loud here? Brainstorm. Like what are the reasons for all the scoring? Like I, I I have a theory that it's like we're seeing more threes, right? There's a greater emphasis on just if you're a role player, shoot threes, like shoot less twos, I think that we're seeing smaller lineups, right? We're seeing guys who are playing the 5, the center position and the 4 who are smaller, who are more uh who have a diverser skill set, who can stretch out to the three-point line. Um we're playing at a faster pace and it just seems like oh, and the shot clock. After, there's a new rule now. After a ball hits the rim, the, the shot clock automatically resets, I believe, to 12 or 14 seconds, which means like... It's 14, yeah. Yeah, 14 yeah. seconds. So it's just like there's no time to reset you know like grab a rebound and just pound the ball and, and dribble away it's like just get a shot just keep putting shots up it's yeah, like right it keeps it it's now. like that arcade game at, at crocodile lounge where we play where it's just yeah, like right, you all, just, all you do is yeah, just like, like them, hurl, hurl, hurl hurl
2: hurl shots launch shots well and that was that was why they they changed the shot clock rule was to to lead to more attempts and right. That's clearly happening you yeah. know and and just like the pace of the game it's fun to look back at the uh, mike d'antoni sons and you know steve nash leading the charge and all yeah. that but that would be a pedestrian team by today's standards if you yeah. look at the a number of attempts and the number of shots and it's I mean I, I think it is you know there's an extreme prejudice against mid-range jumpers at this point yeah we didn't even mention with regard to Houston the fact that they are added Carmelo the ex you know God. the ultimate mid-range jump shooter God um, maybe that's why um, but then I, yeah I think it's the it's the the 14 second jump shot or a 14 second uh, shot clock yeah. and then also just, you know, the, the free movement rules yeah. have reached kind
0: of an ultimate you, manifestation. I, I have a question for you guys. Do you guys miss mid-range jumpers at all? Do you miss like a, just like a 12-foot jump shot? I
1: do. I miss a 12-foot Dwayne yeah, Wade jump shot. Yeah,
0: right? Why? Why do we, like, I, it just seems the game is getting so simplified, right? It just seems like the only shots now that we see are threes or dunks. It's like if it's if it's not a le- it's if you're going to take a two point shot it has to be a dunk or a layup otherwise get your ass out to the three point line and I don't know. I do miss a little mid-range game. I miss me a little like LaMarcus Aldridge like 18 footer every now and then. I miss a little like back to the basket spin around jumper. Yeah. Well, you know, you think of, you know,
2: post Jordan or po- you think of uh post minor league Jordan coming back and the, you know, his turnaround jumper was like the greatest weapon in the NBA. Right. And that's a
0: joke. Okay, days. so we talked about Shaquille O'Neal before. If he were in modern NBA, what would it look like? If Jordan were in the NBA, would Phil Jackson be like Michael? 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 <laughs> it's like Michael. You got to come off the bench. Look, you're a role I player, know buddy. you're in love with that turnaround jumper, but keep your tongue in your mouth. Park yourself out in the corner and just shoot a three. I don't know. I I, I miss. I got to admit. I, I got to admit. I'm a bit of an old fogey here. I miss a little mid range.
1: Yeah, no, and, I'm right there with you. Or yeah. or just the idea
2: that you could dump it into uh, somebody like you know, Hakeem Olajuwon. And, right. And kind of, it, that that was an efficient play. Right. Somebody who was a real dominant low post player as opposed to just being, you know, somebody who's pretty much there just to kick it out to the wings.
0: Yeah. Uh, next team I want to talk to you guys about are the uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know if you guys heard in the offseason they made a little bit of a free agent acquisition, LeBron <laughs> Wait, James. what? This kid no. from what? Akron. Yes, kid from Akron, uh, LeBron James. So, you know the Lakers scuffled out of the box. They started zero and three. You know, it was the apocalypse in Hollywood? And uh, they they they're putting it together a little bit here. Uh, they're now two and four headed into uh, into the week. How are you guys feeling about the prospects for the Lakers? Have you guys ha- have you seen a Laker game yet this season? Have you had a chance? I've not. That's actually one yeah. of the haven't. Yeah, it was a real pleasure. <laughs> um, thoughts on the Lakers? What was your experience like watching the Lakers? I guess I have kind of a bigger, you know, mm-hmm. take on this whole thing. Okay. Um, just with
2: LeBron's arrival. Okay. You know, it. the Lakers have had kind of a, this history of sunshine and brightness. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we know about all the transcendent stars and everything. And the thing that I, I really like about kind of... Um, the second half of LeBron's career is is that pretty much since he left Miami and kind of wrung all the youthful hubris out of his system, uh-huh. um, his seasons have taken on this different quality. Oh yeah, and and it, it, you know the the standard NBA championship standard NBA MVP season is kind of a kind of a New Testament feel. You know, uh-huh. you're walking on water, you're changing water into wine, <laughs> but LeBron post Miami is straight up like Old Testament. Like unforgiving God, you know, whether it's like forcing out his own coach to win the championship or, you know, Uncle Drew pouting his way off the team or J.R. Smith running away from the basket at a key moment or just LeBron literally doing all of the work by himself the games have turned into this new kind of thing, which are like these lessons in pain and suffering. And, and I don't think that Lakers fans have any idea what they're getting into. And I'm actually looking forward to it. And, and I, I think if LeBron had gone to the Knicks, yeah. the Knicks' karma would have probably taken over this dynamic and, and it would be pain and suffering and, and, and kind of nothing at the end of it all. Since it's the Lakers, I expect it to be profound pain and suffering, but maybe a championship comes out of it at the end. But it'll be extremely strange It'll be really kind of upsetting. And, you know, I, I also think it's like, I like Latter-day LeBron because early on... <laughs>
0: Latter-day LeBron.
2: <laughs> yeah, how many religious metaphors am I going to lay something here? Um, but early LeBron, you know, the the original, you know, the decision and all that, um, if it was an ensemble movie, it had kind of an Ocean's Eleven feel to the whole thing. You yeah. know, it's kind of slick and, you know, you got George Clooney in there. Whereas now, like LeBron in L.A., It's, like, the ensemble movie it's most like is Con Air. Um, Oh, my God. And, and, I mean, you've got, like, uh, John Rondo being played by John Malkovich. Oh, Jesus. JaVale McGee being played by Vin Raines. um, Lance Stevenson being played by Danny Trejo. And then, of course, you know, LeBron is there as Nick Cage, just, like, fighting through the absurdity. So. I'm looking forward to this season being way more screwed up than anyone expects. Like I, I'm looking forward to seeing Magic Johnson with gray hair, like in kind of like the LeBron post-LeBron era. I think it's going to be awesome.
0: I'm not surprised it started with a fight. Like it's just going to get weirder. I love. I, uh, yeah, I'm all in on this team. Thank you, Jeremy. That was beautiful. I'm all in on this team. I I'm I'm just excited to see where it goes. And I'm all in on like exactly the second half of LeBron's career. It's just a roller coaster ride. Like it's never. It's just always freaking a soap opera. It's so dramatic, and we know it, and we know what to expect at this point. And uh, I'm all in. I love this. I love the group. I love watching Lance Stevenson. The other night, Lance Stevenson came in 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 the third quarter of a game. I think it was against maybe it was the Spurs where he got hot. He's like palming the ball. He's screaming at his teammates, like pointing, you know, like (laughs) waving his finger. This team has Michael Beasley. JaVale McGee is a big contributor on this team. And then the young guy and Rondo, of course, Rondo's already got into a fist fight with Chris Paul. I I love, I love. And then the young guys are fun. You know, Kuzma and uh, Lonzo Ball. Josh Hart looks good. Um, You know, they, they. They look solid. I, I I think this is going to be a fun squad. I think they're going to be a playoff team. I think they're like a sixth or a seventh seed. I agree. I would put them there as well. I don't think they're winning the Western Conference. I don't think they're, <laughs> I don't think they're unseating uh, uh, the Warriors or the Rockets. But I do think they're going to make the playoffs. And uh, I am just I am here for the ride. I I, I thoroughly enjoy what's happening out in Hollywood. Yeah, it I'm is, there with you. It is the team that. Los Angeles deserves. You know, the only thing that I could see somehow in this Wango
2: universe that leads LeBron to yet another NBA finals this year, like, you know, if we were to try to come up if we ran the model stochastically for everything that could go right or wrong for uh-huh. the, for the uh, Golden State Warriors, I think the only outcome where they don't win an NBA championship is that Boogie Cousins, somehow the curse of Boogie takes over. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty notable that he managed to get himself thrown out of a game in street clothes. <laughs> the against the night. Knicks
0: the other night. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, it was just, and, and it was um, it was some sort of, Pre-game beef with Enos Cantor that spilled over. Oh, is that what it was? Game and, and he was, he was telling Draymond, like, watch out for Cantor. Like, you know, he's playing dirty and then he got into it and the ref was just like, you're not even playing. Get the heck out of here. Uh, so good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would love to see that happen. Just like Boogie just accidentally eats Steph at dinner and, <laughs> and the Warriors play, you know, championship chances go out the window.
0: Uh, I love it. Um, last team we should probably mention is OKC. They're currently 0-4. I mean, it's tar- it's time for this team to start, you know, peddling and swimming really fast. They're 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 in a hole. They're currently with you know they're they're in the middle of the pack defensively. They're kind of floundering offensively. They're one of the worst offensive teams in the league as far as uh points per game and, and pace. Are you guys worried about OKC? Do you think they get back into the thick of it here?
1: What did they just curious? i one of the they're one of the teams I paid did really didn't pay any attention to during the offseason. Did right. they do any acquisitions so, or? yes
0: they obviously re-signed Paul George which was like their their big thing. They traded a Carmelo Anthony to the Atlanta Hawks for Dennis Schroeder. Addition by subtraction. Addition by subtraction. And Schroeder's a good player. I think he's still kind of gelling with the team and figuring out his role. He's kind of like an energy guy off the bench. And um, the, the biggest thing that I would note is that they lost their defensive stopper. This guy, Andre Roberson, who's like a not even a three and D wing. He's just like a, a D wing. Like he has no three or, or offensive <laughs> game. He's just like, he's just a defensive player. But when he's on the court, the st- statistics bear out, like the team is remarkably better when he plays. And so they're, they're really missing him. Uh, obviously Westbrook had, uh, had an injury to start the season. So he's kind of working his way back in. I'm pumping the, the brakes. I'm being cautious about, OKC. I think they're going to get back into it. Um, but they're digging themselves in an early hole here. So you know, a lot of early teams, you know, whether it's the Lakers, the Rockets, the the T Wolves, the Thunder, who we expect to to be in the playoffs got off to a little bit of a sluggish start. So we we'll, we're taking a wait and see approach on those guys. And those guys have been dysfunctional so
2: many times. I mean, they've been through the wormhole so many times. Like I, am as a, <laughs> it's their yeah, normal. Yeah. As a hardcore Seattle supersonic oh, right. fan, I hope that they finish, you know, Oh, and 82, uh, and Clay Bennett, you know, has to live with that. <laughs> yeah. But
0: you know, uh, I fully expect them to be in the playoff mix. Okay. A uh, couple interesting players we've mentioned. I think all of these guys at one point or another throughout the pod, but just want to give shout out, uh, Anthony Davis, Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi, Jokic early on. These guys have been the most interesting storylines for me. Um, are we thinking our, our leader in the clubhouse for MVP is Davis, Anthony Davis.
1: Yeah. It's between that and Giannis. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, I like to say Giannis is uh, the most exciting for me in the mm-hmm. league. Uh, he gets the benefit of that, but yeah. um, I don't know. At this point, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, I mean, MVP stuff aside, I have to say Kawhi Leonard for me is probably. I, I, I think he's been the most eye-opening player for me this week. In that, uh, I you know I I knew how good Giannis and and Anthony Davis were, and I knew that I you know. I didn't bet on them because I am i don't live in Las Vegas, but I would have placed money on them to be my MVP choices headed into the yep. season. But for me, Kawhi Leonard has been the one where it was like, oh, I wasn't totally sure you were going to be this healthy and ready to go and engaged and... Excited about being in, in Toronto, and he just looks like a seamless fit. That team has hit the ground running. I've been really impressed. Zach Lowe this week um, wrote a column. Zach Lowe wrote a column for ESPN and said he called Kawhi the greatest individual perimeter defender since prime Scotty Pippen. Yeah, pretty high praise. But I gotta I gotta gotta agree there. I mean, he's just. He's so intuitive. His vision is incredible. He's a great help defender. He covers covers up so many mistakes. His athleticism is off the charts. He's 26 points, eight rebounds, three assists, a steal a game. He's shooting 50% from the field. He's shooting 45% from three-point range right now. And 90% from the line. <laughs> 45, uh, 50, 45, and 90. Yeah. And, I mean, and he's the best defender in the league, maybe the best perimeter defender in the league. Um, he looks great. He yeah. look. He looks absolutely spectacular. If they win the
2: East, especially if they win it big, I think he wins the MVP. Yeah, right? I th- it's it's early, but hard to argue with it. If if you're the best defender in the league and you're the ultimate three and D player because you're hitting forty five percent of your threes, this is new, by the way. Like the idea that this is going to stand up. Like if
0: there's something that brings him down to earth, it's going to be he may just shoot
2: thirty eight percent.
0: Yeah. Guys, before we wrap up, I wanna do two quick things with you, Um, let's talk about the games of the week. Anything on the calendar here that you're super excited about, anything that you've circled, you're curious about. Um, I personally am excited about, you know, on Wednesday, New Orleans is playing Golden State. That seems like a powerhouse matchup. I, you know, We haven't talked much about the Warriors in this podcast, mostly just because they just feel so inevitable and so goddamn good. It's like, what, what's the point of talking about the Warriors? But I, I'm super excited to see New Orleans on the road in, in Golden State to see how they match up. And uh, I'm also super excited on Monday, Toronto plays Milwaukee. Um, that should be a fun matchup between Giannis and, and Kawhi. Anything you guys are, are looking forward to this week? I'm surprised you
2: look by the exciting uh, Brooklyn uh, Knicks <laughs> uh, matchup on Monday. I naturally
1: should just be excited about that.
0: But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, somehow I think I might have plans during Knicks' nets. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm sort of uh, looking forward to I don't know. I feel like uh, I believe they just played one another, uh, Pistons Celtics. Yeah. Uh, that rematch, because I believe, I, 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 I don't know. I just like the way that Detroit's been playing at times with. Yeah. Um, just with Blake Griffin. Me and too. Bad matchup since it's they just played each other. That should be, I feel like they get down and dirty. Talk know. to me
0: about the Pistons real quick. Why why, why are you bullish on them? Why Mainly,
1: I, well, I don't, I don't want to say I'm bullish on them, but okay. I just think they've always, right, this year, this just seems like they're very tough with, I mean, and I I, I guess I'm going off the game that Blake Griffin had. Yeah. I just the 50 <laughs> saw point that. Game. The 50-point game. I yeah, saw that, and they just too. looked so good that game, and I'm maybe I'm just
0: riding that feel right now. Against but, the Sixers, right? Yeah, against the Sixers. Yeah. Again, those sacks are struggling, so well, I get you know, why that like, happened. But there are reasons to be optimistic. You know, like w- when you think about it, um, they traded for Blake last year halfway through the season. This year, he gets a full training camp uh, running alongside uh, Drummond. Yep. They get Coach of the Year Dwayne Casey replacing Stan Van Gundy. Reggie Jackson is healthy. He's playing around Ish Smith. Blake is shooting more threes than ever. He yeah. looks great, and he's got good off the get-go, like from the beginning of the season. Yeah, so you wanted to see that. If yeah, you yeah, for a they look good. Year. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I think they're going to be a top two or three team in the East, but I think last year they missed the playoffs. It would not surprise me if they were the fifth seed right. or the sixth exactly. seed this year. No, me neither. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: The other game that's that's of interest, and and I I do think the Celtics will have gotten us back. You know, on, on the bandwagon by yeah. by this point.
0: But on Thursday, um, Milwaukee is going to be in Boston. And that's, oh, that's baby. a pretty
2: exciting game.
0: That's a uh, great game. And then uh, after that, we have New Orleans at Portland uh, on on Thursday night. That's going to be a lot of fun, and too.
2: Lillard's leading the league in scoring right now?
0: Yes. Damian Lillard currently is averaging 33.8 points per game. It, it, absurd. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Who do you guys think is averaging the most three-point attempts in the league? It's not Steph? It's Steph. Who Steph. do you think is second? <laughs> Clay.
2: Kemba Walker. Wow. That's, that's why Kemba Walker is like fourth in the league in scoring right now. Who do
0: you think is fourth? Wrong. Wesley Matthews. <laughs> uh, the NBA is so great. But see, that that, that just
2: speaks to it too, though. Because back in the day, if Wesley Matthews was fourth in the league in threes, you'd be like, what, what are you doing? You're Wesley Matthews. But, but, but now it's this virtuous thing.
0: Yeah, no, it's like, and well, there's no bad shot. We we know you only play, you know, uh, 19 minutes a night, but uh, <laughs> shoot 10 threes or... God, man.
2: Yeah, and, and if I if I might, you know, because I've been thinking about this, and this is a bit of a, yeah. of, a of a prelude of something Please. we're going to do later in the season um, when Chris and I sit down and, <laughs> yes. and talk about the uh, the Sonics, and I've been storing this up for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I've been obsessing about recently, as I prepare for this Sonics podcast, is in the the mid nineties, for whatever reason, yeah, the Sonics kept raiding the Charlotte Hornets backcourt. First, they traded for Kendall Gill, then they traded Kendall Gill. Back to the Hornets to get Hersey Hawkins. Wow! Now the one guard that they never touched uh-huh. in all of those years was a certain career scoring leader for the Charlotte Hornets <laughs> named Del, Del Curry. Curry. And you know, you think about today's game and you think about the game back in the day and how would you beat Peak Jordan? Yeah, yeah I yeah. would just like to go back there and talk to George Carl because he was almost there and just say, Hey, man, there's this guy. There's this this thing you got with your center <laughs> shooting three pointers and yeah. and you know, let's get some more of these guys. Anyway, you know, things might have been different. Could still it? be playing in Seattle but Ugh. you know I need to invent a time machine and I'm not gonna completely spoil everything for our future podcast on the sonics.
0: All right guys before I let us go I want to talk uh, real quick about a little gambling odds odds to win the NBA championship is there a obviously we all think that you know like the, the smart money says Golden State is is gonna is gonna win the title again this year is there a low risk high reward proposition? For our listeners, that you would like to endorse, so we have Golden State at minus one hundred and fifty, meaning you have to you have to wager one hundred and fifty dollars in order to win a hundred bucks back. Everything else, you're getting you're getting better odds. So Boston is plus seven hundred and fifty, Houston is plus eight hundred, Toronto is plus a thousand. Um. The Lakers, of course, of course, their odds are already this high. The Lakers are plus 1,000. Philly is plus 2,000. New Orleans is plus 3,300. Milwaukee is plus 5,000. Um, Utah is plus 6,600. Anything here that you guys like that you're interested in? I mean, to win the NBA Finals,
2: you have to make the NBA Finals. So Very nice. I am going to go ahead and say that Toronto... I like those odds. I like that. You never know what's going to happen in the game. You know, somebody might get hurt, Tweaks you know, an ankle. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm waiting throw five bucks at it. Throw ten bucks at it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for the uh, you know the, the the beginning of the downslope for Steph, and we know it's going to start with an ankle sprain, and that could happen at any time. Great,
1: right? Anything? I'd say he's going to say the exact same thing. Um, Raptors I like Toronto. plus one thousand. Yeah. Raptors, Great. yeah. Totally I like
0: Raptors. it. I'm also going to say, hey, look just throwing you know throwing darts at the dartboard you're here. going for denver aren't you you're going for no denver. it's not denver it's new orleans i mean plus 3300 i can throw five dollars at that i mean i i don't know and plus 750 for boston that's not terrible either i'd be interested in that uh, guys that's all the time we have thanks for coming on the show we will talk to you at some point later in the season go next all right, that was the conversation with Jeremy Engel-Johnson and Ryder Schumacher. Thanks, guys. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at ontheline_pod. underscore pod. I'm on Instagram. You can email me at onthelinepod at gmail.com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show in iTunes, wherever you get podcasts. Enjoy the start to the NBA season. Nothing's better than this time of year. And I'll talk to you guys next week.